of the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to the camp house at Kinder Outdoors on the shores of beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas, at the Vineyards, Campground and Cabins, our home away from home, our base camp for Kinder Outdoors. I'm glad you're here with us. Front door to the camp house brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. If you own a dog, hey, you really ought to keep Fortiflora handy. Keep it in the fridge. You'll need it from time to time. It is a big day. Opening weekend of dove season across these United States for a lot of us, like here in Texas. Uh, the season opened up yesterday, September 1st, and for others, it opens up today. Nebraska, for example, opens today, September 2nd. And I know, first impression would be, man, it's been a hot summer. We've been sitting under this huge dome of heat uh, for a couple of months now for Ever, it seems like it's been 105 or hotter every single day. The doves can't be doing well, right? Wrong. We've had a great hatch. Bird numbers are up. We're going to talk to Owen Fitzsimmons about that, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department Migratory Bird Program Leader. He has some encouraging news for you dove hunters today. We'll also spend a couple of minutes with my old buddy David Gray, the dove blaster himself. <laughs> I'm glad you're here with us. Pour yourself a cold glass of iced tea and have a seat in that chair over there. We saved it just for you. It's opening weekend at Kinder Outdoors. We're going to head for the dove field coming up in just a few minutes, but we're going to start in the bow stand with our bow pro Kyle Chambers from Cinnamon Creek Archery. Uh, and we're going to be talking about something that not only benefits bow hunters, but Rifle hunters, deer hunters, pig hunters, hunters in general. Hey, Kyle, welcome back. Always good to see you. Hey, what's going on, Billy? It's good to see you again. Hey, man, you too. Uh, it's always fun to get together this time of year because we're about to go hunting. We're tuning up, and uh, we're getting ready to go. Is the uh, bow shop buzzing these days? It is a buzz. Yes, sir. Um, always this time of year is our busiest time, as you know, in this industry. And this year is no different. We're just really starting to pick up. And uh, just so people know... Uh, you are back to fall hours now, seven days a week. That is correct. We're a nine to nine, seven days a week. Yep, there you go. That means uh, Kyle's not getting a lot of sleep uh, because even when he leaves here at 9 o'clock at night, he's still working. You have been field testing a new light, a new product that I think is really cool. Tell me about this. Yes, sir. This is going to be the new blood light from Nebo. I believe they're going to call it the Illumitrace. And you said a blood light. That's going to help me track a, a, a wounded animal or a dead animal? That is correct. They have developed a system or a light, and it's going to help the everyday hunter hopefully find blood. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, they've incorporated a flashlight, a high-quality LED light, but then you have other options on there. This thing has a strobe uh, that rotates back and forth between white light and red light, and you demonstrated to me around the bow shop, uh, boy, anything red, like blood, really pops when that light hits it. That is correct. Yeah, it's a multi-LED, multicolored LED light that pulsates. And that pulsating effect makes the red, the color in general, just pop out at you. So it's really, really cool. Man, so if, I'm, if I have a shot a deer just before dark, and we know how we dread that when they, when they don't just drop, they run and they run into the brush. What do we do from here? We need to sit a little while and wait, and then we've got to 
We've got a heavy task ahead of us. Try to follow the blood trail at night. How far out ahead of me will that strobe? What have you discovered? How how far out is it affected? So for my testing, obviously it works better the closer you are. However, I've, I've noticed blood, and it's kind of unusual when I first when I first tested this product, I was noticing blood that I never knew was even there. You know, we look straight down and we follow the blood on the you know the straight area. But to the right and left of us, we don't realize that that animal is bleeding out both sides. And I was noticing blood that I had never even noticed previously. So that was really, really cool. Uh, I would say the effective range is probably going to be somewhere in that 10 to 15 foot range. Oh, that's a big advantage. That's huge because normally we don't see that drop of blood typically until we're on it. That is correct. Now, I will say one thing about this light that, uh, that really needs to be, be you know, addressed, and that is it is a tool and you need to practice with it because it is a strobing effect. And in the middle of the night, whenever it's dark like that and you're looking for blood, that strobing effect could be a little disorienting. But the more you use the light, the more you get used to it and the more effective it, it, it is. Yeah, there you go. When is this thing going to be on the market and what's it called? Yeah, so the, the light's going to be called the Illumitrace from Hebo, and it should be hitting shelves this month. Okay, very good. Any idea what retail on that's going to be? I believe it's around the $59 price point. Fair enough. Uh, when you recover that first animal, it's paid for itself. Uh, where is uh, Kyle going to go hunting this fall? What do you got lined up? You know, I'm still up in air. The thing about working in this industry, um, being able to get off in September for, like, elk hunting, I've been wanting to do that here. I haven't been in a while, but I just kind of have to play that by ear. It'll be a last minute if I do go. I didn't I didn't draw New Mexico this year, unfortunately. Uh, I will be hunting Oklahoma. That's my primary state that I like to hunt in, and probably some here around South Texas. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Hey, Kyle, if folks want to come to the bow shop, it's 9 to 9, 7 days a week. 9 to 9, 7 days a week. Come see us. Thanks, man. Kyle Chambers, our bow pro at Kinder Outdoors from Cinnamon Creek Archery. They've got indoor air-conditioned ranges, <laughs> outdoor ranges. You can shoot uh, from elevated positions, ground blinds, Everything that might happen to you out at your uh, place where you hunt, you can practice beforehand at Cinnamon Creek. Really cool. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from uh, the trusted name Purina. Calming Care settles the over barker, over jumper, over active dog. A lot of people have had some great success with Calming Care. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Marksman Firearms and Outfitters. They believe the customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. To stay up to date on the latest products, news, events, and more, follow Marksman on Facebook and Marksman of Texas on Instagram. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman when that buck of a lifetime finally shows himself and your years of preparation successfully collide with golden opportunity, you'll want to preserve that memory for a lifetime. Make sure that you're as well prepared for what happens after the shot as you were leading up to it. Don't take chances with your taxidermy work. Roy Holdridge of True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas, have taken care of my fondest outdoor memories for more than three decades. Fish, fur, feathers, all meticulously brought to true life. The finest details matter to Roy and the artist at True Life, Granbury. 
true life has been called upon to handle the precious memories of hunters and anglers from around the globe. Interstate and international trophy transport is turnkey with true life. And they can handle all of your wild game meat processing as well. True Life Taxidermy, 4303 East Highway 377 in Granbury, Texas. And online at truelifetaxidermy.org. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamount. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishingcostarica.com. Catchafishingcostarica.com. Freedom Hunters, they say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, we're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally, too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time, far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you as a give back, I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and, uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button. Or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's funny. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament at about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. The fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Tender Outdoors. Hey, remember when you take the dog out there with you today to retrieve those doves to uh, try to park yourself in the shade somewhere while you wait on those birds to come in? And yes, of course, plenty of water for not only yourself, but your dog as well. Those things are an absolute. I want to thank my friends at Purina Pro Plan and the Pro Plan family of veterinary diets that help bring the show to you. Great products like Fortiflora. A canine probiotic that works so well, it's worked 100% of the time that I've used it with my dogs through the years. After a hot 
bird hunt today, or maybe early teal, you know, starts in uh, just about a week retrieving those ducks. It's going to be hot, and that can cause GI upset in our dogs. More than likely, it will. Fortiflora fixes that. Be prepared. Pick up the Fortiflora from your vet. Order it from Chewy.com. It's everywhere. Fortiflora. Well, it doesn't matter if you're hunting in Texas, Florida, Nebraska, Georgia, wherever you're hunting doves today, you can benefit and get a little education about those doves from this guy. I'm tickled to have him on the show with me today. He is a migratory bird program leader for the state of Texas, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Owen Fitzsimmons. Welcome to the show. Good to have you, Owen. Billy, I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I know you're a bird guy. You're a dove guy. You're our migratory bird guy for the state of Texas, Texas Forks and Wildlife Department. But uh, did you grow up as a hunter? Did you uh, enjoy hunting doves yourself? Yeah, I, I grew up in northeast Texas. Uh, we didn't have a lot of doves up in that area, but I definitely grew up in the woods. You know, every chance I could get chasing squirrels and deer and, and ducks and everything else I could get to. What part of northeast Texas? Uh, just, just north of Longview, uh, near Lake of the Pines. Oh, yeah. I know all about those black kind of crappie here, the bridge of the pines, and about those big old brown over there in Canada. So, we, <laughs> we some of the same trails before, Owen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about doves, because it is opening weekend for doves here in Texas and in most states across uh, the nation. Uh, and, you know, we're in a really hot, miserable summer. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to see the birds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and doves are pretty well adapted to the heat. Uh, they're they're kind of subtropical birds anyway. Uh, so they they've been doing you know fine through the heat, uh, even though we've been suffering. And uh, if anything, this kind of heat, you know, and, and dry conditions is going to concentrate birds at uh, at water holes and food sources this fall. Yeah. So if you're heading out today, or if you're going back out this afternoon, or whatever. Uh, concentrate on water if you can find a, a, a hole that hasn't dried completely up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and food plots, I'm sure, you know, this time of year, uh, food's kind of scarce in a lot of places. Food is key. Yeah, food's definitely key. Uh, you know, the, the folks who have the, uh, the ability to irrigate, you know, they probably, their food plots are probably doing pretty well. Uh, at least in Texas, everybody else, if you don't have water, uh, everything burned up. A few weeks ago, but, uh, you know, we had a really cool wet spring this year in most of, most of the Texas, and, uh, that meant that we had a really good native, uh, native range condition. You know, a lot of the, the sunflower and other big annual weedy plants and grasses seeded out before it got too hot, so there's food out there. Uh, it might be a little burned up, but there's seeds on the ground, and if you can find all those birds are hanging out, I think you'll have really good hunts. I know, uh, morning doves are the primary target for most, uh, Dove hunters, Texas dove hunters, and Arizona—that's the big deal out there as well. But uh, how many species of dove do we have uh, in Texas? A lot more than most people think. Yeah, we actually have uh, seven species, native species of doves and pigeons. Only three of which are legal game species. That'd be the morning dove, the white-winged dove, and the white-tipped dove, which is uh, usually found uh, kind of along the border, you know, further south in Texas. But uh, yeah, we, I think we've got more uh, doves and pigeon species than anywhere else in the, in the country. You know, guys buy their license and they get the uh, annual, the hunting annual every year, and they read hunt, and the white-tipped doves are going to count towards my aggregate uh, of birds in my bag today. Uh, what does one of those look like? Can you help us distinguish a morning dove from a white wing from a white-tipped? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, starting with white tips, uh, those they're, they're kind of incidental. Um, they're really hard to target. They don't typically fly in groups. Uh, sometimes you just catch them in a group of white wings of one does and you just happen to bring one down. Um, they're, again, further south. They're uh, gray. They've got kind of a red eye ring around their eye. Um, kind of indistinguishable, really. There's not really any major distinguishing features when they're flying, but uh, but pretty rare. Uh, they, they're just kind of incidental. Uh, the two the two big ones that everybody's familiar with and that'll be chasing us, you know, throughout the season is morning doves and white wings. And I like to always say the morning doves are going to be pointy and fast. White wings, you're going to see the big white chevrons on the wings. They're going to have a blunt tail, and they typically fly a little bit slower, a little bit straighter line. Uh, but both can be extremely challenging to hit, as anyone who's ever tried to get out to hunt knows. Uh, they're fast and, and wily. Yes, they are. You know, I read a couple of years ago that the uh, national average for a dove hunter uh, out of a box of 25 shells, Owen, is two and a half birds. Uh, so it's not like we make a huge dent in the population each year. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of the dove population, let's let's just look at morning doves. How it's amazing to me how quickly and often. They reproduce. Uh, a typical reproduction year for a morning dove is what? Oh, they can have up to, I think uh, research has concluded they can have up to six broods a year. Uh, it's probably less than that, but certainly multiple. You know, I think the average morning dove probably nests at least two or three times in a, in a given year, uh, in good years more than that. And uh, they typically always lay two eggs. You know, sometimes the one of the young survives, sometimes both. Um, but they can reproduce pretty quickly, and, and when they get good conditions, they capitalize on that. And they crank out nests and young as fast as they can throughout the, throughout the breeding season, and uh, you see that population respond. Yes, it's absolutely phenomenal to me. Uh, our birds, obviously, are migratory, I guess, for the most part. Most of our doves are migratory uh, here in Texas and in the United States. You get out to Argentina, though, and they just kind of move in the same area. They never leave that area. Have you ever been to Argentina down there and hunted the ears? I have not. I know it's a pretty close relative to the morning dove, and I know you can have some pretty incredible and uh, awe-inspiring hunts down there. Um, it's on my bucket list for sure. Yeah, I like to brag that when I was down there, you know, I killed 1,500 doves in a day, but Back to that two and a half birds per box of shells, I probably fired about 20,000 rounds that day. So. <laughs> uh, that's the way that goes. Dove hunting is such a, a cool, you know, a lot of us enjoy dove hunting and deer hunting, and maybe we've got bird dogs or we're duck hunters, and we do lots of stuff, but dove hunting is so social, so much fun. It's kind of a kickoff to the hunting season. It's a great time to be outside. Absolutely. You know, here in Texas, we call it a, a basically a, a holiday, uh, unofficial holiday for most of us. And uh, it's, you know, the time of year that everybody, like you said, it kicks off the hunting season. You get out, you get excited for the rest of the things that are coming down the line next few months, uh, you know, whether you're chasing deer or elk or turkey or whatever. And, uh, you know, doves are fun. I mean, it's fun. You can get kids out. You get people who've never hunted can go out. It's low pressure. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a gateway sport for, for hunting for a lot of people. Owen, hang on, stand by, grab a cup of coffee, glass of iced tea, and get comfortable. We're going to come back. We've got a lot more ground to cover with you on the show today. Owen Fitzsimmons for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, and we're talking all things doves on the show today. 
I do try to pass this reminder on every uh, dove opener as well. Be careful when you reach down in that grass to pick up that dead bird because, hey, we're not the only ones that love doves. Rattlesnakes do too. They'll grab that bird. So be careful. I had a buddy bitten on the hand years ago. I've heard so many stories about people being bitten as they tried to retrieve a dead dove. So just be really careful where you step, where you reach, where you sit. This is Olympic gold medalist Kim Brody. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Tinder Outdoors. Okay, Billy, come on now. You can use another lesson. If you ever stop just once in West Texas at the very unique Herdware store and visit with the very unique Cecil Miskin, You'll make it a regular stop every time you pass by. We are on US 287, which is one of the oldest and most major U.S. highways still. We are 40 miles south and east of Amarillo. H-E-R-D, Herdware Store. We've got bison leather goods, vests, chaps, dusters, and bison hide coats, bison leather belts and wallets, bison leather shoes, art. We've got western artifacts. We've got native artifacts. The only way we can describe it is all things bison. If you're not interested in bison, don't stop. If you're interested in bison, come on and plan on spending 15 minutes to two hours and enjoy yourself. The only rule that we have in the store, and we've had it for many years, and we've only had one person ever break our rule, is if you're not having fun, we're going to ask you to leave. The most unique stop between the Gulf and the Pacific, Cecil Miskin and the Herdware Store. Herdware.net. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's word, csbiblechurch.org. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences. Fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S. TejasRanchFence.com Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital, savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and 
just down the road. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mission Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Atta-Hook by Bullet Weight. The Atta-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Atta-Hook next to your fishing line and wrap the line five times around each side. Pull your line into the clips and bam, you're ready to go and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. And a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Waste has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Waste has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound lines. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators, eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild from which they hate to admit they emerged. Their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet. If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. In Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. Happy Dove season and opening weekend to you. Dove kebabs fresh off the grill for dinner tonight. Ooh, it's a great day. <laughs> Make sure you know what you're shooting at and what your state regulations are. Uh, for example, in Texas, your limit of birds can be made up of white wings, morning doves, and white-tipped doves. But just to the north of us, up in Nebraska, it's completely different. Morning doves, white-winged doves, and Eurasian colored doves all can work towards the aggregate of a limit of birds. Check the regulations, study up a little bit before you pull the trigger, know what you're doing. And then enjoy time in the field with friends and family. Owen Fitzsimmons is my special guest on the show today. Owen, thanks for hanging on. Owen is with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Migratory Bird Program Leader. Let's talk a little bit about the bird numbers because they're really good. State of Texas estimates we have uh, 28.3 million morning doves uh, this year. Is that a good year compared to, to other years? Is that Average or above? Yeah, we are actually coming off uh, about four or five years in a row of below average numbers. Uh, not exceptionally low, just below average. And, uh, you know, we saw 
that that 44% increase is based on our spring surveys that we do across the state for Parks and Wildlife. Uh, so basically what we're counting is breeding, breeding adults. And so that's a carryover of birds that were hatched last year and survived through the winter and have now become breeding adults. So that, that indicates to us that we had uh, good hatch year production last summer, uh, despite the drought that we had. And this, this year, you know, we had a lot of adults in the breeding population in the spring. We've had really good conditions this year, uh, for hatch year production. So I'm expecting a lot more birds this fall, uh, throughout September and October than people have seen in the past four or five years. White wings are up uh, about 20%, uh, an estimated 11.7 million white wings in Texas this year. Lots of uh, doves. How do you guys go about getting a, a, a accurate count, an accurate number? That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, doves, they're so numerous and they're so widespread that it's they're really hard to count by traditional observational methods, getting out, you know, stopping at a point and counting what you see. Uh, but we put the effort in every year. We've got about 100 biologists across the state to get out every May and June. And the idea is to capture peak breeding season. And we have, uh, we have set points that we get out. These biologists go out and they count either for two or three minutes and, uh, basically count every dove they see and get a distance to those doves with a rangefinder. And that distance allows us to estimate what we call the de- detection probability or through distance sampling is the technique. Um, and, but that allows us to extrapolate what they see around that point out on the landscape and, and get a, a pretty accurate estimate. You know, I've, I've reanalyzed everything we've got going back. We started these surveys in 2008, uh, and if you look at the trends over time, they match pretty well what we see in the Central Flyway, which Texas contributes a lot of the birds to the Central Flyway. So I think we're pretty accurate with these things. Um, with white wings, it's kind of a unique problem because as they have – moved their range north out of, outside of the Rio Grande Valley, outside of South Texas, moved across Texas, and they're now breeding all the way up into Nebraska and Colorado, uh, east end of, you know, Louisiana and Alabama. But in Texas, everywhere outside of that historic range, they're almost exclusively tied to urban and suburban habitat. So they're very tied to human habitation. So the surveys that we did for several years uh, before uh, were more, more rural-based for morning doves, and so we had to adapt and create a new a new survey that we call the Urban Dove Survey to try to capture those white wings. And uh, I can tell you, we, I think, honestly, I think we're underestimating the number of white wings we have uh, because you can, you know, stop at a point in the neighborhood and see two or three white wings on your survey, but you might be missing 50 or 60 there in someone's backyard right next to you at the, at the bird feeder. Um, so, you know, our statewide estimate this year is 11.7 million, but I bet we've got a few million more than that. Wow. Yeah, bird numbers are great. Uh, the, the little dove is, is just a, what a tremendous hunting opportunity. And I love to eat them. I know a lot of people do. Do you have a favorite way to, uh, to fix your doves for the table? Oh, you know, of course, uh, the classic popper is always the best. Uh, and in, in fact, a couple of years ago, I did an experiment where I tried, uh, you know, I went and bought some expensive cheeses and a few different kind of, uh, gourmet items to try to create a, a better popper, and you know what everybody, the consensus at the end of the night was the classic jalapeno cream cheese, you just can't beat it. One thing I've been doing recently is uh, plucking my birds and keeping them whole and uh, kind of spatchcocking them, and you can cook them in a gravy, you can cook them in some kind of casserole, and just having having the whole carcass, it's kind of like uh, having the, a, a bone-in thigh of a chicken. It just has a better taste, I think, with, with that whole carcass, and I'm a big fan of that. And it didn't take very long to pluck a, pluck a dove. 
Let's talk about uh, the national scene. Uh, you, you got into that a little bit with the White Wings. What do our migratory patterns look like, and do they really do they change very much through the decades? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, the, the Fish and Wildlife Service did a huge banding study back in the '60s, uh, and most most bird hunters are familiar with the different flyways, the four flyways: the Pacific, Central, Mississippi, and Atlantic. But based on a big banding study back in the 60s, the Fish and Wildlife Service actually uh, divvied up the country into three what we call management units. So it's basically the, the western management unit is equivalent to the, to the Pacific Flyway. The central management unit includes the central flyway states and a few of the Mississippi flyway states like Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Minnesota. And then the eastern management unit is everything east of the Mississippi. Uh, so a little bit different there. Um, but, you know, Morning dove, uh, morning dove migration is so variable. Uh, you know, birds in North Dakota, South Dakota, obviously it gets cold, so they have to move. But once you get down towards the southern states, you might have some in Texas that stay here all year long. Some might move a couple of counties over. Some might fly down to southern Mexico. It's just really variable and, and really hard to keep track of and, and try to get a handle on. Uh, you know, kind of a lot of moving parts, I guess, I guess you could say. Do we still do banding studies? Do we still ban birds, ducks? We do. We uh, we ban birds every year. So there's a big banding program that Fish and Wildlife Service runs. Uh, every state in the country that has a morning dove uh, hunting season participates in this banding program. And the idea is uh, with the Harvest Information Program, you get HIP certified to hunt migratory birds. Uh, that gives us an estimate or gives Fish and Wildlife Service an estimate of total harvest. And with the banding program, we we can calculate harvest rate based on how many bands, how many banded birds are harvested and reported by hunters each fall. So if we know the harvest rate or the proportion of the population that we're harvesting, and we know total harvest, we can use a real simple formula to estimate abundance. And so the banding program is, is critical to how we estimate abundance on an annual basis, have the adaptive harvest management framework where every single year we're we're looking at how many birds we have. You know, are we shooting too many? Uh, what should the, the appropriate regulations be? Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm getting ready to go uh, here pretty quick to the Central Flyway meeting uh, up, up in Montana this year. And so that's the kind of things we'll be discussing is, is the results from our banding program uh, from HIP and uh, what next year's regulations are going to be. You know, uh, I know for a fact, I know with all of my heart that a lot of my hunters, a lot of us, have shot banded doves before and never known it, never known it. They're so tiny and small, uh, really good. As you're cleaning your birds or putting them in your, in your bird bag, check their, check their legs for a band. They're really small. Sometimes you just, you'll overlook them, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we do, that part of that harvest rate calculation is, is what uh, a term called reporting rate. And the idea is that we know that there's going to be some that are missed. Uh, so we do a, a reward band study where we put out some gold bands that are worth a hundred bucks uh, if you report them. And the idea is, you, you know, hunters won't miss that. Uh, they report everything that they get. So the latest reporting rates are somewhere between 60 and 70 percent, roughly. Uh, so that kind of shows you that you know, one out of every three, uh, one out of every three bands or so is, is not reported or not seen. So yeah, definitely check the legs, everything that you pick up, and uh, just give it a quick glance. Uh, they're, they're easy to miss. Hey, it's 2022 Red Crest champion Bobby Lane. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm definitely thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, where are you going with my trophy?
When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards Boat Ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park, located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. Hey, I'm Wally Marshall. Mr. Crappie invited you to the Crappie Expo 2023 at the BJCC, Birmingham, Alabama, September the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. More than 100 vendors with the latest and greatest crappie fishing products. Crappie Expo is the largest crappie fishing show on earth. Daily drawings and live music from Mustache and Jason D. Williams. Thanks, Ford Trucks, Blues, Strike King, Hummingbird, Minnesota, Beat Down Outdoors, and Lincoln's Landing. CrappieExpo.com, CrappieExpo.com. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817 877-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordova Dust. We pick you up at the airport and you're in our care testing control. All meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. The first morning, the fly-off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds, almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Cacheria. Can see me in Argentina. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and North Fork Rivers at North Fork Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth smallmouth and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. 
NorfolkResort.com. Outdoorsmen and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Tender Outdoors. Hey, happy dove opener to you wherever you are. If you're fortunate enough to be out in the field today, have fun, be safe. Golly, what a what a great activity with friends, family, social. You can laugh at each other's shots. You can cheer for each other. Such a fun hunt, dove hunting. And this guy puts together a heck of a hunt every year. He is a... Uh, a guy that puts together high-tech dove leases, day leases, season leases, however you want to do it, uh, north of Dallas every year. Very cool operation. My old buddy, the dove blaster himself, David Gray. How you doing, Dave? Hey, Billy. How you doing? Doing good over here, doing dear. I'm doing good, Dave. It's opening weekend. I wish I was there with you, opening weekend. Uh, across these United States for uh, for your favorite time of year, dove season. I'm sure you've got a field full of dove hunters today. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got uh, got them out there. They're they're sitting out there, ready to go, waiting for the uh, waiting for those birds to fly over. <laughs> I wanted uh, to introduce you to folks that may not uh, know you and what you do at Dove Blasters. You're, first of all, you're located uh, north of of Dallas. You have properties in several counties north of Dallas. Uh, and you are a great alternative to a round of golf uh, or a ball game. If you want to take clients, buddies, whatever, and go enjoy a day of wing shooting, you can do that with David Gray. He keeps an eye on the doves, and you've got lots of properties. People can actually reserve a spot just like a movie theater. Am I right? Yes, sir. That's exactly right. So what you do is you, um, you first off, you select a property that you want to hunt, which would be the movie theater. Then you select a day you want to hunt from our day picker, and then after you select a day on the uh, on the map of the property, all of the slots that are available will light up in green. And like you said, it's just like reserving your seat in the theater. You pick the uh, you pick the seat that you want, which is the slot of the property, add it to your cart, pay for it. Then the day of the hunt, you open up our mobile app. Then you will get directions to the property, and once you arrive at the property, you receive a push notification to your phone letting you know that you're in the right place. And it will also show you your exact location on the property in real time. And you drive right to your slot, which, which will be displayed on the mobile app. And when you arrive to your slot, you'll get a push notification that says you've arrived. Happy hunting. <laughs> it's where high tech meets redneck. This is so much fun. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you didn't patent that, did you? <laughs> I need that. I love yeah, it. Really- yeah, it's really cool, Billy, because, you know, you don't have to worry about getting out there at midnight to get the best spots. You don't have to worry about hunters being all around you. Uh, it's a very limited um, limited amount of slots that are allowed on each property, and we space each hunter minimum 40 yards apart. So you've got two hunters out, two hunters out there. That's 80 yards for two hunters, and nobody's shooting uh, in, the, in a non-safe direction. We allow plenty of space between hunters, and so we want it to be a pleasurable, a pleasurable experience. So we want you back next year. We don't want anybody getting shot. We don't want it overcrowded. So that's why we do this. We just make it overall enjoyment and safe for our clients. Yeah, what if I show up out there, Dave, and somebody's in my slot? Okay, then all you have to do is you call up 911, and we'll, we'll go out there and we'll handle it ourselves. Also, the the, uh, the game warden are also aware of us, 
understand what what it is we do, and so they are well aware of the situation. So you can either call us, or you can call your local game warden. They'll come out there and take care of it. Yeah, because more than likely, more than yeah, more than likely the poachers and shouldn't be out there anyway. Yeah, there you go. Those uh, those guys and gals are on top of it, and they know what David's doing. He's uh, totally above board. Got a great operation. And listen, this is not a season long deal. It it can be if you want it to be. It can be a day hunt too, right? Correct. Yeah, you can purchase day hunts, or you can buy a season pass for five hundred. You can hunt all of our properties as many times as you want. Both halves of the split. How many properties do you have this year, David? Um, let's see. Right now, I believe we have nine, twelve, eleven. We have eleven properties up right now. Yeah, and they're kind of scattered out. And so, if the birds are moving over here today and not over there, or if they want this uh, sunflower instead of that pond or whatever, David, you got you covered and got an island. Right. Of we we need a coal for us. What we need. Well, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been real, I mean, as you know, it's just been blistering hot. And, you know, the birds just haven't moved down yet because there's, you know, no cold front has come in. And so um, we're just waiting for these birds, you know, to to the, the big hit coming down. Okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right, those northern birds haven't made it down yet. But what I have been seeing, Dave, over the past few weeks, a lot of local birds, uh, they're pushing out of their normal backyard bird feeders and and looking for food and water. They're maybe stretching out a little bit, and I'm seeing birds out rural that I hadn't seen a month ago. So we've got a good number of local birds, and, and the state surveys, we're talking about that on the show today. Got a lot of birds. Had a good hatch this year. Yeah, there's a good hatch. As a matter of fact, I've still got one on the nest in my backyard. Right, right above my window. It's still on the nest right now. He's probably going, man, I need some AC. I'm not leasing, you know. <laughs> How can folks take a closer look at you and maybe book a hunt with the Dove Blasters? Sure. You can go to doveblasters.com, and we've got our website right there. We've also got a chat feature in the bottom right-hand corner of the, of the, uh, of the website. See so if you have any questions, you can text that, uh, that chat feature 24 hours a day. Hey, Dave, I'll see you in the Dove field, okay? You got it, Billy. Take care, buddy. I want to spend another minute or two with Owen Fitzsimmons migratory bird program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Thanks for hanging on. I really appreciate that, Owen. And listen, with a job like that, with a job title like that, I bet you you're the guy uh, that all the family, all the cousins, all the buddies, hey, they want to go hunt with Owen. They want to go where you're going. <laughs> yeah, no secrets here. Uh, I, I do a lot of public hunting. I don't have any kind of a special place to go. I'm, I'm lucky that I have friends. Uh, a couple of friends that are farmers, so I've got some access to some grain fields further south in Texas. And, but you know, I, I typically I try to get out and publicly hunt. You know, our, our public, public fields because that's it's uh, you buy that forty-eight dollar annual public hunting permit, and you've got what they say like a million acres that you can go. So we've got wildlife management areas, uh, a few of them like the Los Palomas Wildlife Management Area in the, in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, the Fawcett Wildlife Management Area west of Fort Worth, both of those have uh, cultivated sunflower fields on them, just fantastic hunting. Uh, you've got WMAs all over the state that allow dove hunting. You've got uh, the APH walk-in program. So lots of opportunities that don't cost don't cost more than that $48 permit. And, uh, you know, you can get outside and, and, and uh, experience uh, what Texas has to offer. Very good. Owen Fitzsimmons, Migratory Game Bird Program Leader with Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, Department. Hey, I really appreciate your time. What a great education you've given us today, and good luck out in the field. I hope you enjoy your dump season. Well, thanks so much for having me, and uh, safe hunting, and happy hunting to everybody that's listening. Thanks, Owen.
Hey, real quick, before the break, we have time for a Sasser classic, the late, great Ray Sasser. North America has an estimated 500 million mooring doves. About 50 million doves migrate through Texas each fall, heading for Mexico and Central America. In a good season, Texas hunters bag about 5 million doves. If you laid the shot shells, Texas hunters fire at doves each season end to end. They would stretch from Brownsville on the southern tip of Texas, north through the Panhandle into Oklahoma. Texas hunters will probably spend $15 million this year on shotgun shells used for dove hunting alone. Three species of Texas doves are considered legal game, mooring doves, white-winged doves, and white-tipped doves. Eurasian collar doves are not protected by law and may be shot in addition to an illegal limit of native doves. Mooring doves will breed every month of the year. A female usually, usually raises two or three broods a year, a brood consisting of two chicks. Doves fly as far as 10 miles to suitable food and water sources. The most consistent dove hunting is where food, water, and roosting cover occur in proximity. The dove's migratory flyway through Texas has shifted west in recent years, largely due to changing land use practices. The life expectancy of a mooring dove is less than one year, but there are some longevity exceptions. Banding studies have revealed doves that live as long as eight years. We miss him. He was our camp house storyteller for years and years. Ray Sasser at Kinder Outdoors. From the vineyards, campground, and cabins, Grapevine Lake, Texas. are good for our kids, and the kids tend to agree. At Tender Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. Dove season is here. For some, it opened up on uh, Friday, yesterday, September 1st. For others, today is opening day, whatever the case. Hey, get out there and have fun. Take the kids, take the family, enjoy uh, the fellowship that goes along with a good dove hunt. And those good dove kebabs tonight as well. I love them. My buddy Wally Marshall is a crappie man, Mr. Crappie, but he also has a passion for wing shooting and knows his way around the grill. Well, I'll tell you what. I like to do a favorite deal, Billy. I've uh, been doing it for years. It's called the dove kebab. What I do is I take the dove fillets, I de-breast them, and they're like a little fillet, and marinate them overnight, and tomorrow... We're going to take a skewer, and uh, we cut the bacon. We take a like a pound of bacon, and you cut it crossways in one-inch squares. You put a piece of bacon on there. You put a piece of dove breast and more bacon, jalapeno, onion, mozzarella, cheese, and you just keep repeating that till it's about nine inches long, and you lay that little puppy on the grill, and it's on like Donkey Kong. And they are so good. I'm a big fan of the Dove Kebab. If you'd like to hear that again, jot it down. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. We have that little recording, that recipe from Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall, little Dove recipe, waiting on you. Let's take a quick trip to the 
Bow Shop, Cinnamon Creek Archery, Kyle Chambers is our bow pro, talking about something that every hunter needs. Rifle hunter, bow hunter, deer hunter, pig hunter, elk hunter. This new tool in your backpack could come in very handy. Kyle, welcome back. Always good to see you, buddy. Hey, what's going on, Billy? It's good to see you again. Hey, man, you too. Uh, it's always fun to get together this time of year because we're about to go hunting. We're tuning up. And uh, we're getting ready to go. Is the uh, bow shop buzzing these days? It is a buzz. Yes, sir. Um, always this time of year is our busiest time, as you know, in this industry. And this year is no different. It's really starting to pick up. And uh, just so people know, uh, you are back to fall hours now, seven days a week. That is correct. We're a nine to nine, seven days a week. Yep, there you go. That means uh, Kyle's not getting a lot of sleep. Uh, because even when he leaves here at 9 o'clock at night, he's still working. You have been field testing a new light, a new product that I think is really cool. Tell me about this. Yes, sir. This is going to be the new blood light from Nebo. I believe they're going to call it the Illumitrace. And you said a blood light. That's going to help me track a, a, a wounded animal or a dead animal? That is correct. They have developed a system or a light, and it's going to help the everyday hunter hopefully find blood. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, they've incorporated a flashlight, a high-quality LED light, but then you have other options on there. This thing has a strobe uh, that rotates back and forth between white light and red light, and you've demonstrated to me around the bow shop, uh, boy, anything red, like blood, really pops when that light hits it. That is correct. Yeah, it's a multi-LED, multicolor LED light that pulsates, and that pulsating effect makes the red the color in general just pop out at you. So it's really, really cool. Man, so if I am if I have a shot a deer just before dark and we know how we dread that when they when they don't just drop, they run, and they run into the brush, what do we do from here? We need to sit a little while and wait, and then we've got a, we've got a heavy task ahead of us, try to follow the blood trail at night. How far out ahead of me will that strobe, what have you discovered? How, how far out is it affected? So for my testing, obviously it works better the closer you are. However, I've, I've noticed blood, and it's kind of unusual. When I first when I first tested this product, I was noticing blood that I never knew was even there. You know, we look straight down and we follow the blood on the you know the straight area, but to the right and left of us, we don't realize that that animal's bleeding out both sides. And I was noticing blood that I had never even noticed previously. So that was really really cool. Uh, I would say the effective range is probably going to be somewhere in that 10 to 15 foot range. Wow, that's a big advantage. That's huge because normally we don't see that drop of blood typically until we're on it. That is correct. Now, I will say one thing about this light that uh, that really needs to be, be, you know, addressed, and that is it is a tool, and you need to practice with it because it is a strobing effect. And in the middle of the night, whenever it's dark like that and you're looking for blood, that strobing effect could be a little disorienting. But the more you use the light, the more you get used to it and the more effective it, it, it is. Yeah, there you go. When is this thing going to be on the market and what's it called? Yeah, so the the light's going to be called the Illumitrace from Nebo, and it should be hitting shelves this month. Okay, very good. Any idea what retail on that's going to be? I believe it's around the $59 price point. That's fair enough. Uh, when you recover that first animal, it's paid for itself. Uh, where is uh, Kyle going to go hunting this fall? What do you got lined up? You know, I'm still up in air. The thing about working in this industry, um, being able to get off in September, for like elk hunting. I've been wanting to do that here. I haven't been in a while, but I just kind of have to play that by ear. It'll be a last minute if I do go. I didn't, I didn't draw New Mexico this year, unfortunately. 
Uh, I will be hunting Oklahoma. That's my primary state that I like to hunt in, and probably some here around South Texas. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Hey, Kyle, if folks want to come to the bow shop, it's 9 to 9, 7 days a week. 9 to 9, 7 days a week. Come see us. Thanks to my friends at Purina Proplan, the world's greatest dog fuel for bringing us to this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, visit a field trial. Yeah, they're nearby. You can see top-notch dogs competing all across the United States. But no matter where you go, you're going to notice a common thread. And that is the fact that most of these field trials, guys and gals that are day-by-day researching what's best for their dogs, most of them feed Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. It's in the purple sport bag at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, this is Larry Nealon from Field and Stream. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa. And they're simple, and they're, and they're you just can't make them fast enough. They're fully cooked. All you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes of silence like we just pulled them out of our steam every day we made them. These items have become staples in our home. Robin's favorite is the taco meat. I'm partial to the tamales. And what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com Hey, looking for a new boat? Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here, inviting you to the Mr. Crappie Classic On the Water Boat Show at Lincoln's Landing in Lincoln, Alabama, September the 23rd, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Test drive the latest and greatest fishing and pleasure boats, plus marine and tackle manufacturers, food trucks, and music. Thanks, Bass Cat, Express, Camus, Sea Art, and Vectus Boats. Don't forget, Lincoln's Landing, September the 23rd. CrappieExpo.com, CrappieExpo.com. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing, the Carib Sea sport fishing, the marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamount. Carib Sea sport fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catchafishincostarica.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space with beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup site can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with 30 entertainment venues, large festivals and events, 
restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyard Campground and Cabin. VineyardCampground.com After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists, studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit JoshuaCreek.com. Welcome to Kinder Outdoors. From the vineyards, campground, and cabins on the shoreline of beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Private boat ramp here, which uh, is really nice. Grapevine in the middle of the Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth, is uh, a busy lake. A lot of recreational boats, a lot of fishing boats, a lot of tournaments go off here. Uh, and you've got your own private boat ramp when you stay at the vineyards and the cabins or uh, bring your RV. Uh, out here, 50 amp service at every location, every spot, RV spot, full hookups, cable TV at every hookup, free Wi-Fi. It's a great place. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, come check them out. Hey, it is dove season. Here we go. Watch out when you pick up those doves today. I know you can't wait to get to that dove and get him in your vest, but... Make sure you're the only one after that dove when you reach down there. That's right. Those rattlesnakes are out and about moving in September, and they like doves, too. Be careful. Hey, I've asked Owen Fitzsimmons to uh, be my special guest on the show today. This guy can tell you everything you want to know about a dove. He is uh, with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Migratory Bird Program Leader, and welcome to the show, Owen. Sure good to have you. Billy, I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I know you're a bird guy. You're a dove guy. You're our migratory bird guy for the state of Texas, Texas Fish and Wildlife Department. But uh, did you grow up as a hunter? Did you uh, enjoy hunting doves yourself? Yeah, I, I grew up in northeast Texas. Uh, we didn't have a lot of doves up in that area, but I definitely grew up in the woods. You know, every chance I could get chasing squirrels and deer and, and ducks and everything else I could get to. What part of northeast Texas? Uh, just, just north of Longview, uh, near Lake of the Pines. Oh, yeah. I know all about those black kind of crappie up the bridge of the pines and about those big gold barns. We've some of the same trails before, Owen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about doves because it is opening weekend for doves here in Texas and in most states across uh, the nation. Uh, and, you know, we're in a really hot, miserable summer, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to see the birds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and doves are pretty well adapted to the heat. Uh, they're they're kind of subtropical birds anyway. Uh, so I, they they've been doing you know fine through the heat. 
uh, even though we've been suffering. And uh, if anything, this kind of heat, you know, and, and dry conditions is going to concentrate birds at, uh, at water holes and food sources this fall. Yeah, so if you're heading out today or if you're going back out this afternoon or whatever, uh, concentrate on water if you can find a, a, a hole that hasn't dried completely up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and food plots, I'm sure, you know, this time of year, uh, food's kind of scarce in a lot of places. Food is key. Yeah, food's definitely key. Uh, you know, the the folks who have the uh, the ability to irrigate, you know, they probably their food plots are probably doing pretty well. Uh, at least in Texas, everybody else, if you don't have water, uh, everything burned up a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, we had a really cool wet spring this year in most of, most of Texas, and uh, that meant that we had a really good native uh, native range condition. You know, a lot of the, the sunflower and other big annual weedy plants and grasses seeded out before it got too hot. So there's food out there. Uh, it might be a little burned up, but there's seeds on the ground, and if you can find where those birds are hanging out, I think you'll have a really good hunt. I know morning doves are the primary target for most dove hunters, Texas dove hunters. In Arizona, that's the big deal out there as well. But how many species of dove do we have in Texas? A lot more than most people think. Yeah, we actually have seven species, native species of doves and pigeons, only three of which are legal game species. That would be the morning dove, the white-winged dove, and the white-tipped dove, which is uh, usually found uh, kind of along the border, you know, further south in Texas. But, uh, yeah, we I think we've got more uh, doves and pigeon species than anywhere else in the, in the country. You know, guys buy their license and they get the uh, annual, hunting annual every year, and they read hunt, and the white-tipped doves are going to count towards my aggregate uh, of birds in my bag today. Uh, what does one of those look like? Can you help us distinguish a morning dove from a white wing from a white-tipped? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, Starting with white tips, uh, those they're kind of incidental. Um, they're really hard to target. They don't typically fly in groups. Uh, sometimes you just catch them in a group of white wings and one dozen. You just happen to bring one down. Um, they're again further south. They're uh, gray. They've got kind of a red eye ring around their eye. Um, kind of indistinguishable. Really. There's not really any major distinguishing features when they're flying, but uh, but pretty rare. Uh, they, they're just kind of incidental. Uh, the two the two big ones that everybody's familiar with and that'll be chasing us, you know, throughout the season is morning doves and white wings. And I like to always say the morning doves are going to be pointy and fast. White wings, you're going to see the big white chevrons on the wings. They're going to have a blunt tail, and they typically fly a little bit slower, a little bit straighter line. Uh, but both can be extremely challenging to hit as anyone who's ever tried to get out and dove hunt knows. Uh, they're fast and, and wily. Yes, they are. You know, I read a couple of years ago that the uh, national average for a dove hunter uh, out of a box of 25 shells, Owen, is two and a half birds. Uh, so it's not like we make a huge dent in the population each year. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of the dove population, let's, let's just look at morning doves. How It's amazing to me how quickly and often they reproduce. Um, a typical reproduction year for a morning dove is what? Oh, they can have up to, I think uh, research has concluded they can have up to six broods a year. Uh, it's probably less than that, but certainly multiple. You know, I think the average morning dove probably nests at least two or three times in, in a given year, uh, in good years more than that. And uh, they typically always lay two eggs. You know, sometimes one of the young survives, sometimes both. Um, but they can reproduce pretty quickly, and, and when they get good conditions, they capitalize on that. 
and they crank out nests and young as fast as they can throughout the, throughout the breeding season, and uh, you see that population respond. Yes, it's absolutely phenomenal to me. Uh, our birds, obviously, are migratory, I guess, for the most part. Most of our doves are migratory uh, here in Texas and in the United States. You get down to Argentina, though, and they just kind of move in the same area. They never leave that area. Have you ever been to Argentina down there and hunted the ears of us? I have not. I know it's a pretty close relative to the morning dove, and I know you can have some pretty incredible and uh, awe-inspiring hunts down there. Um, it's on my bucket list for sure. Yeah, there you go. I like to brag that when I was down there, you know, I killed 1,500 doves in a day. But back to that two and a half birds per box of shells, I probably fired about 20,000 rounds that day. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the way that goes. Dove hunting is such a, a cool, you know, a lot of us enjoy dove hunting and deer hunting, and maybe we've got bird dogs or we're duck hunters, and we do lots of stuff, but dove hunting is so social, so much fun, it's kind of a kickoff to the hunting season, it's a great time to be outside. Absolutely, you know, here in Texas we call it a, a basically a, a holiday, uh, unofficial holiday for most of us, and uh, it's, you know, the time of year that everybody... Like you said, it kicks off the hunting season. You get out, you get excited for the rest of the things that are coming down the line the next few months. Uh, you know, whether you're chasing deer or elk or turkey or whatever. And, uh, you know, dubs are fun. I mean, it's fun. You can get kids out. You get people who've never hunted can go out. It's low pressure. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a gateway sport for, for hunting for a lot of people. Yeah, it sure is. It is typically the first hunt uh, that people enjoy in their lives and leads to as Owen just said, it's a gateway that leads to a lifelong passion in the outdoors hunting. Owen, don't run off. We've got a lot more ground to cover with you before the day is over on this opening weekend of dove season. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. I have talked to people before that have non-sporting breeds that have trouble putting on weight or maintaining a healthy weight. They're just too skinny. And they enjoy ProPlan performance for their dogs. 30% protein, 20% fat. It helps their dogs achieve a healthier weight. Whether it's underweight, joint health, skin and coat conditions, whatever the situation, there's a ProPlan formula specifically built for your dog. And you're going to find those great formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, and Kansas. My name's Seth Pugh with Tarleton State University Bass Club, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. I'm Tom Watson with Bendini International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit kinderoutdoors.com. 
and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Freedom Hunters. They say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, we're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally, too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time. Far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you, as a give back. I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and, uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. 
To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Welcome to Kinder Outdoors. Ah, that's what a dove looks like from behind. <laughs> and that is a uh, scene that will be repeated many, many times today and in the coming days of this 2023 dove season. Thank you, Purina Pro Plan, for bringing us this corner of the camp house each week at Kinder Outdoors. That retriever of yours is going to give you all he or she has in the field today, waiting patiently for you to scratch down a dove so that they might have the privilege of picking it up and bringing it back to you. Reward them tonight and every night for the loyalty that they have to you by loyally feeding them the best. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula in the Purple Sport Bag at Atwoods. 30% protein, 20% fat. Hey, I want to get back to my special guest now, Owen Fitzsimmons. Thanks for hanging around, Owen. The uh, state of Texas says we have 28.3 million morning doves this year. How does that stack up against other years? Is that better than most? Yeah, we are actually coming off uh, about four or five years in a row of below average numbers. Uh, not exceptionally low, just below average. And, uh, you know, we saw that that 44% increase is based on our spring surveys that we do across the state for parts of my life. So basically what we're counting is breeding breeding adults. And so that's a carryover of birds that were hatched last year and survived through the winter and have now become breeding adults. So that, that indicates to us that we had uh, good hatch year production last summer, uh, despite the drought that we had. And this, this year, you know, we had a lot of adults in the breeding population in the spring. We've had really good conditions this year uh, for hatch year production. So I'm expecting a lot more birds this fall uh, throughout the September and October than people have seen in the past four or five years. White wings are up uh, about 20%, uh, an estimated 11.7 million white wings in Texas this year. Lots of uh, doves. How do you guys go about getting a, a, a accurate count, an accurate number? That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, doves, they're so numerous and they're so widespread that it's they're really hard to count by traditional observational methods, getting out, you know, stopping at a point and counting what you see. Uh, but we put the effort in every year. We've got about 100 biologists across the state to get out every May and June. And the idea is to capture peak breeding season. And we have uh, we have set points that we get out. These biologists go out and they count either for two or three minutes and uh, basically count every dove they see and get a distance to those doves with a rangefinder. And that distance allows us to estimate what we call a detection probability or through distance sampling is the technique. Um, and that allows us to extrapolate what they see around that point out on the landscape and, and get a, a pretty accurate estimate. You know, I've, I've reanalyzed everything we've got going back. We started these surveys in 2008, uh, and if you look at the trends over time, they match pretty well what we see in the Central Flyway, which Texas contributes a lot of the birds to the Central Flyway. So I think we're pretty accurate with these things. Um, with white wings, it's kind of a unique problem because as they have – 
moved their range north out of, outside of the Rio Grande Valley, outside of South Texas, moved across Texas, and they're now breeding all the way up in Nebraska and Colorado, uh, east end of, you know, Louisiana and Alabama. But in Texas, everywhere outside of that historic range, they're almost exclusively tied to urban and suburban habitat. So they're very tied to human habitation. So the surveys that we did for several years uh, before uh, were more more rural based for morning doves, and so we had to adapt and create a new a new survey that we call the Urban Dove Survey to try to capture those white wings. And uh, I can tell you, I think honestly, I think we're underestimating the number of white wings we have uh, because you can you know stop at a point in the neighborhood and see two or three white wings on your survey, but you might be missing 50 or 60 that in someone's backyard right next to you at the at the bird feeder. Um, so, you know, our statewide estimate this year is 11.7 million, but I bet we've got a few million more than that. Wow. Yeah, bird numbers are great. Uh, the, the little bird is, is just a, what a tremendous hunting opportunity. And I love to eat them. I know a lot of people do. Do you have a favorite way to, uh, to fix your dust for the table? Oh, uh, you know, of course, uh, the classic popper is always the best. Uh, and in, in fact, a couple of years ago, I did an experiment where I tried, uh, you know, I went and bought some expensive cheeses and a few different kind of uh, gourmet items to try to create a, a better popper. And, you know, what everybody, the consensus at the end of the night was the classic jalapeno cream cheese. You just can't beat it. Uh, yep, but one thing I've go. been doing recently, yeah, one thing I've been doing recently is uh, is plucking my, my birds and keeping them whole. And uh, kind of batch cocking them, and you can cook them in a gravy. You can cook them in some kind of casserole, and just having having the whole carcass. It's kind of like uh, having the a, a bone-in thigh of a chicken. It just has a better taste, I think, with with that whole carcass. And I'm a big fan of that. And it doesn't take very long to pluck a pluck a dove. No, that's a great idea. And you know, it really doesn't take long to pluck two and a half doves, which is the uh, you know average anyway. So yeah. <laughs> we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, let's talk about uh, the national scene. Uh, you, you got into that a little bit with the white wings. What do our migratory patterns look like, and do they really do they change very much through the decades? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, the, the Fish and Wildlife Service did a huge banding study back in the '60s, uh, and most most bird hunters are familiar with the different flyways, the four flyways: the Pacific, Central, Mississippi, and Atlantic. But based on a big banding study back in the 60s, the Fish and Wildlife Service actually uh, divvied up the country into three what we call management units. So it's basically the, the western management unit is equivalent to the, to the Pacific Flyway. The central management unit includes the central flyway states and a few of the Mississippi flyway states like Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Minnesota. And then the eastern management unit is everything east of the Mississippi. Uh, so a little bit different there, um, but, you know, Morning dove, uh, morning dove migration is so variable. Uh, you know, birds in North Dakota, South Dakota, obviously it gets cold, so they have to move. But once you get down towards the southern states, you might have some in Texas that stay here all year long. Some might move a couple of counties over. Some might fly down to southern Mexico. It's just really variable and, and really hard to keep track of and, and try to get a handle on. Uh, you know, kind of a lot of moving parts, I guess, I guess you could say. Do we still do banding studies? Do we still ban birds, doves? We do. We uh, we ban birds every year. So there's a big banding program that Fish and Wildlife Service runs. Uh, every state in the country that has a morning dove uh, hunting season participates in this banding program. And the idea is uh, with the Harvest Information Program, when you get HIP certified to hunt migratory birds, 
that gives us an estimate, or gives Fish and Wildlife Service an estimate of total harvest. And with the banding program, we we can calculate harvest rates based on how many bands, how many banded birds are harvested and reported to hunters each fall. So if we know the harvest rate or the proportion of the population that we're harvesting, and we know total harvest, we can use a real simple formula to estimate abundance. And so the banding program is, is critical to how we estimate abundance on an annual basis, have the adaptive harvest management framework where every single year we're, we're looking at how many birds we have, you know, are we shooting too many? Uh, what should the, the appropriate regulations be? Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm getting ready to go uh, here pretty quick to the Central Flyway meeting uh, up, up in Montana this year. And so that's the kind of things we'll be discussing is, is the results from our banding program uh, from HIP and uh, what next year's regulations are going to be. You know, uh, I know for a fact, I know with all of my heart that a lot of hunters, a lot of us, have shot banded doves before and never known it, never known it. They're so tiny and small, uh, really good. As you're cleaning your birds or putting them in your, in your bird bag, check their, check their legs for a band. They're really small. Sometimes you just, you'll overlook them, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we do, that part of that harvest rate calculation is, is what, uh, a term called reporting rate. And the idea is that we know that there's going to be some that are missed. Uh, so we do a, a reward band study where we put out some gold bands that are worth a hundred bucks. Uh, if you report them, and the idea is, you, you know, hunters won't miss that and they report everything that they get. So the latest reporting rates are somewhere between 60 and 70 percent roughly. Uh, so that kind of shows you that, you know, one out of every three, uh, one out of every three bands or so is, is not reported or not seen. So yeah, definitely check the legs or everything that you pick up and uh, just give it a quick glance. Uh, they're, they're easy to miss. Hi, I'm Toxie Hayes. I'm Cuz Strickland. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. In my mossy oak. With Kinder Outdoors. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com. For years now, you've heard me talking about how I love buffalo wool products for keeping me warm in extreme cold and cool in extreme heat. Well, I'm not the only guy to catch on to buffalo wool. Craig Boddington hunts all over the world. He does it in buffalo wool. The Buffalo Wool Company didn't even know he was using the product until he sent them a note. That was just overwhelming and mind-blowing and, and such a gracious thing. And Mr. Boddington is just the coolest guy ever. And it's really neat finding out that somebody is using your product doing something amazing. With Last year, the um, guy that won the, the CD series alone, Clay Hayes, on TV, somebody sent us a picture of our socks hanging in his little shed there. That I had no idea that somebody would be doing that, but it's neat. And then the number of mushers that we get to see using it, and we've now become fans of the sport because, because they're using it. Professional hunters, anglers, survivalists, and mushers depend on the Buffalo Wool Company to stay warm. You can, too. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com. Marksman Firearms at Outfitters Mission is to guide and educate customers. Whether they're new to firearms or experienced skilled shooters, 
They take the time to teach you which guns will properly suit your needs, as well as how to care for them to ensure the longevity and quality of your firearm. At Marksman, they believe every customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices, with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching all about conservation to our future generations has been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Teachers Program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen outdoor adventures, young lives change. Kids that just were not in school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of outdoor adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile all learning. If you want outdoor adventures in your local school, contact me. Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTS.com. That's Scott at GoOTS.com. that a successful fishing trip is a kid with a small blue gill in the hand and a giant smile on the face. The kids are always welcome in our boat at Kinder Outdoors. From the vineyards, campground, and cabins, our base camp for Kinder Outdoors, our home away from home. We just love it here. You will, too. Uh, I want to wrap my conversation up with Owen Fitzsimmons. I've really enjoyed our visit today, Owen. I know uh, everybody has. We've learned a lot about our doves from you. Owen with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is uh, the Migratory Bird Program Leader. Uh, and I've just got to know this. Do all of your friends, your buddies, your family members that, that hunt, do they all want to go hunt doves with Owen? They want to see where you go, where you sit down, what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no secrets here. Uh, I, I do a lot of public hunting. I don't have any kind of a special place to go. I'm, I'm lucky that I have friends. Uh, a couple of friends that are farmers, so I've got some access to some grain fields further south in Texas. And, but you know, I, I typically, I try to get out and publicly hunt, you know, our, our public fields, because that's, it's, uh, 
you buy that $48 annual public hunting permit and you've got what they say like a million acres that you can go. So we've got wildlife management areas, uh, a few of them like the Las Palomas Wildlife Management Area in the, in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, the Fawcett Wildlife Management Area west of Fort Worth. Both of those have uh, cultivated sunflower fields on them, just fantastic hunting. Uh, you've got WMAs all over the state that allow dove hunting. You've got uh, the APH walk-in program. So lots of opportunities that don't cost don't cost more than that forty-eight dollar permit, and uh, you know you can get outside and 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 uh, experience uh, what Texas has to offer. Very good. Owen Fitzsimmons, Migratory Game Bird Program Leader with the Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, Department. Hey, I really appreciate your time. What a great education you've given us today, and good luck out in the field. I hope you enjoy your duck season. Well, thanks so much for having me, and uh, safe hunting, and happy hunting to everybody that's listening. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Owen. Hey, it wouldn't be dove season if I didn't have a uh, chat with my old buddy David Gray, the dove blaster himself. How's it going, Dave? Hey, Billy, how you doing? Doing good over here at Dune Gear. I'm doing good, Dave. It's opening weekend. I wish I was there with you, opening weekend. Uh, across these United States for uh, for your favorite time of year, dove season. I'm sure you've got a field full of dove hunters today. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got uh, got them out there. They're they're sitting out there ready to go, waiting for the uh, waiting for those birds to fly over. <laughs> I wanted to, to introduce you to folks that may not uh, know you and what you do at Dove Blasters. You're, first of all, you're located uh, north of, of Dallas. You have properties in several counties north of Dallas. Uh, and you're a great alternative to a round of golf uh, or a ball game. If you want to take clients, buddies, whatever, and go enjoy a day of wing shooting, you can do that with David Gray. He keeps an eye on the doves, and you've got lots of properties. People can actually reserve a spot just like a movie theater. Am I right? Yes, sir. That's exactly right. So what you do is you, um, you first off, you select a property that you want to hunt, which would be the movie theater. Then you select the day you want to hunt from our day picker, and then after you select the day on the uh, on the map of the property, all of the slots that are available will light up in green. And like you said, it's just like reserving your seat in the theater. You pick the uh, you pick the seat that you want, which is the slot on the property, add it to your cart, pay for it. Then the day of the hunt, you open up our mobile app. Then you will get directions to the property, and once you arrive at the property, you receive a push notification to your phone, letting you know that you're in the right place. And it will also show you your exact location on the property in real time. And you drive right to your slot, which, which will be displayed in the mobile app. And when you arrive to your slot, you'll get a push notification that says you've arrived. Happy hunting. <laughs> it's where high tech meets redneck. It's the same Yeah, you didn't patent that, did you? <laughs> I might need that. I love yeah, it. Right. Yeah, it's really cool, though, because, you know, you don't have to worry about getting out there at midnight to get the best spots. You don't have to worry about hunters being all around you. Uh, it's a very limited um, limited amount of slots that are allowed on each property, and we space each hunter minimum 40 yards apart. So you've got two hunters out, two hunters out there. That's 80 yards for two hunters, and nobody's shooting uh, in, the, in a non-safe direction. We allow plenty of space between hunters, and so we want it to be a pleasurable, a pleasurable experience. So we want you back next year. We don't want anybody getting shot. We don't want it overcrowded. So that's why we do this. We just make it overall enjoyment and safe for our clients. Yeah, what if I show up out there, Dave, and somebody's in my slot? Okay, then all you have to do is you call up 911, and we'll, we'll go out there and we'll handle it ourselves. Also, the, the, uh, the game warden are also aware of us, 
understand what, what it is we do, and so they are well aware of the situation, so you can either call us or you can call your local game warden. They'll come out there and take care of it. Yeah. Because more than likely, more than, yeah, more than likely they're poachers and shouldn't be out there anyway. Yeah, there you go. Those, uh, those guys and gals are on top of it, and they know what David's doing. He's uh, totally above board, got a great operation. And listen, this is not a season-long deal. It, it can be if you want it to be. It can be a day hunt, too, right? Correct. Yeah, you can purchase day hunts, or you can buy a season pass for 500 You can hunt all of our properties as many times you want. Both houses are split. How many properties do you have this year, David? Um, let's see. Right now, I believe we have three, six, nine, twelve, eleven. 12, 11. We have 11 properties up right now. Yeah, and they're kind of scattered out. And, and so if the birds are moving over here today and not over there, or if they want this uh, sunflower instead of that pond or whatever, David's got you covered and got an eye on right. we, we need a cold front is what we need. Well, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been real, I mean, as you know, it's just been blisteringly hot. And, you know, the birds just haven't moved down yet because, you know, no cold front has come in. And so um, we're just waiting for these birds, you know, to, to make the, the big hit coming down. Okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right, those northern birds haven't made it down yet. But what I have been seeing, Dave, over the past few weeks, a lot of local birds, uh, they're pushing out of their normal backyard bird feeders and and looking for food and water. They're maybe stretching out a little bit, and I'm seeing birds out rural that I hadn't seen a month ago. So we've got a good number of local birds, and, and the state surveys, we're talking about that on the show today. We've got a lot of birds. Had a good hatch this year. Yeah, there's a good hatch. As a matter of fact, I've still got one on the nest in my backyard. Right, right above my window. It's still on the nest right now. It's probably going, man, I need some AC. I'm not leaking, you know. <laughs> How can folks take a closer look at you and maybe book a hunt with the Dove Blasters? Sure. You can go to DoveBlasters.com, and we've got our website right there. We've also got a chat feature in the bottom right-hand corner of the, of the, uh, of the website. So if you have any questions, you can text that, uh, that chat feature 24 hours a day. Hey, Dave, I'll see you in the Dove field, okay? You got it, Billy. Take care, buddy. David Gray, the Dove Blaster, one of the best dove hunts I ever went on in my life was not because of a massive amount of doves that flew. It wasn't one of those kind of days. It was because of the company I kept. I was with this guy, my old friend, the late, great, Ray Sasser. North America has an estimated 500 million morning doves. About 50 million doves migrate through Texas each fall, heading from Mexico and Central America. In a good season, Texas hunters bag about 5 million doves. If you laid the shot shells, Texas hunters fire at doves each season end-to-end. They would stretch from Brownsville on the southern tip of Texas, north through the Panhandle, into Oklahoma. Texas hunters will probably spend $15 million this year on shotgun shells used for dove hunting alone. Three species of Texas doves are considered legal game. Morning doves, white-winged doves, and white-tipped doves. Eurasian collar doves are not protected by law and may be shot in addition to an illegal limit of native doves. Morning doves will breed every month of the year. A female usually, usually raises two or three broods a year, a brood consisting of two chicks. Doves fly as far as 10 miles to suitable food and water sources. The most consistent dove hunting is where food, water, and roosting cover occur in proximity. The dove's migratory flyway through Texas has shifted west in recent years, largely due to changing land use practices. The life expectancy of morning dove is less than one year. 
but there are some longevity exceptions. Banning studies have revealed doves that live as long as eight years. Hey, thanks for hanging out in camp with us today at Kinder Outdoors. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together each week right here in this old camp house and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.